to Going Deeper. My name is Marcy Sklove, and today I have an old friend and a familiar face to this show uh, with me. Her name is Shirley Jackson Whitaker. And um, we will first be talking about something that's coming up, this big event that's coming up called Ashes to Ashes. And then in the end of part one and into part two, there's going to be some readings of plays and poems. Um, I must say that before we get started, this topic can be difficult for some people, and uh, Shirley's going to explain why that is. <laughs> so just so you know, if it's upsetting, you might want to uh, change, change some channels. All right, so let's get started. Welcome back, Shirley. Oh, Marcy, so it's always so much fun to come here and, yeah. and talk. All right, so the first show we did together was just about a year ago uh -huh. in February 2015. And then in the summer, and that show was here in the studio at Amherst Media. The second show was at Shirley's home, and it was a gallery walkthrough, very beautiful artwork, all of Shirley's amazing stuff that she, that she created. Uh, during that second one, we did talk a little bit about this upcoming event, and um, I also want to just make a shout out that if anyone wants to go back and see those first two shows, they are available at amherstmedia.org, and you just search in the, the search box, Going Deeper. So now we'll start. Yeah. Okay. I'm here to talk about Ashes to Ashes. Yeah. We spoke about it a little bit when we, you interviewed me the first time, and I told you that I, a year ago, that was my goal to have a home going for those who had been lynched and those terrorized in America. Because I felt that for so long that people had sort of brushed it to the side. Mm -hmm. And I really felt, always felt bad about the fact that they never got their ashes to ashes. In the South where I grew up, on uh, a small town called Waycross, Georgia, they, when was, and I hear they do it all over the country, when someone's buried, yeah. when the casket is being lowered into the ground, the minister, before it's completely lowered into the ground, he takes some dirt and he just flew over the casket and say, ashes mm -hmm. to ashes, dust to dust. And when a report came out last year, the Equal Justice Initiative report documenting close to 4,000 lynchings wow. in this country. And I felt that so many of those people never got their ashes to ashes. Yeah. And I decided that I was going to give it to them, that they would get their uh, prayer for them and that there would be a funeral for them. Yeah. This is amazing because I remember in my other uh, introduction for you, Shirley, I said something like, this is a woman who gets things done. <laughs> and you do have these really wonderful ideas of how to create a healing space. That's what your artwork is about. Mm. And now this, this big event that, that you're planning. Well, healing is right. Funerals are often one part. It's for the living. 
-hmm. It's respect for our ancestors, right. respect for someone that had died, but it's closure. That for so many never happened. Now, that number 4,000, we know is inadequate. Mm -hmm. We know that the Klan doesn't on Monday morning bring in a report. These are the people I lynched this weekend. Yeah. So whatever we have is inadequate. Yeah. And, you know, not only did they lynch people with the, the noose, but, you know, they shot people, cut them up, and threw them in the, in the river or whatever. And the families never knew what happened to them. Yeah. But I feel that those souls deserve a moment of respect, of remembrance. They deserve the burial. They deserve the ashes to ashes. They deserve a prayer. Yeah. So I decided the least I could give them is a prayer. And that was my goal a year ago when we talked. And now it's really getting close to <laughs> the big event. Okay. And it has definitely evolved. It has evolved. It has, from the time I was talking to you to now, I'm having um, a big funeral procession. Okay. I'm having a cortege. That's my new word where you have a glass um, uh, hearse. With, wow. And I'm having a casket made. Yeah. The students at Putnam Academy in Springfield are making the casket. And it's going to be pulled by two black Clydedales, or either they call them draft horses. Mm -hmm. The eulogy, the eulogy is going to be done by one of President Obama's ambassadors. Mm. Um, Avery Sharp is going to, he's composing a piece for his uncle, who was put on the railroad track because he was dating a white woman. After the, um, in the procession coming in and the procession going out, I want, at some point, Louisiana-style funeral mm. procession. And I want it upbeat because it's a celebration mm -hmm. of these lives that was, yeah. that was forgotten. I also, you know, I told everybody about Ashes to Ashes, and I work two mornings a week at the VA. And one of my nurses said, Dr. Whitaker, remember you said that, you know, a lot of the Klan would lynch blacks if they wore uniforms. Mm -hmm. yeah. So she said, you know, that they, they didn't get their ashes to ashes and they didn't get their taps. Right. So I'm getting someone to play taps for them. That's wonderful. They deserve taps, Absolutely. don't you think? Of course. And the day before we have an awake, we're calling it uh, the awakening. Eric Bacharach, who lives here in Amherst, mm -hmm. he said, surely call it the awakening. And it is, because we're going to use the day before as a time to try to sneak in some education about this whole wow. event. Why do we need ashes to ashes? Yeah. And that day's illumination and awakening, I want every one of those close to 4,000 names to have someone to download those off our website yeah. and say a prayer for that person. Yeah. I mean, the person that did my website, and I think he did an amazing job, oh. he put maybe 15 or 20 names on the site. And the next day he called me, he said, you know, I had a tough night last night. He said, when I was putting those names up, it's as if 4,000 people was in the room with me saying, put my name up, put oh my, my And he said, I felt so bad. Yeah. He said, I felt bad that I had to select maybe 15 names out of over 3,000. Yeah. So I told him, I said, I will find a way to put every name on our website. So we're in the process of first getting the names, mm -hmm. and then we're going to go through the process of finding a way to upload those on the website. Yeah. Wow. 
Um, so the event is April 30th. That's the day of the funeral. The awakening is the, the night 29th. before the 29th. So the idea is that everyone who is going to participate as witness can choose a name right. and with intention pray for that person's soul and the family and just light be, a candle. Yeah. And if you don't want to pray for them, light a candle. Remember the African proverb that says, speak my name mm. and I will live forever. Oh, that's beautiful. So you go, then you pick a name. Yeah. And you speak that name. And I think those spirits would be so, so yeah. happy that someone picked their name. And then do you have a time? What I want people to know the specifics so that they can come. Okay. So um, the service on Friday is going to be illumination and awakening starts at 6 o'clock. And is that at the church? It's going to be at St. John, okay. the old St. John. Some people refer to it as the St. John Legacy. Oh. It's the church that was named after John Brown. Frederick wow. Douglass spoke there, and it's a part of the Underground Railroad. So there's Perfect. so much history there. And I, mm. They got a beautiful new church, but I needed that old church. Yeah. And I went there two weeks ago with people that are doing a documentary on Ashes to okay. Ashes, and the stained glass is amazing. Wow. And I love that old wood, and so I just feel that they'll be happy there. That's perfect. All those 4,000 yeah. spirits going to come in there and have a good old time. So mm. I like that. Yeah. So people can arrive at what? At the church at what time? Or is the procession coming from? Well, the procession from, from for stick, right? Don't, the one for on Sunday, on, on Saturday, Saturday, the 30th, yeah. will go. For, the procession starts at Stick and goes to St. John. And that we think will start around 10 o'clock because the service will start at 11. Okay. Good. The one at uh, Friday, there will not be a procession other than bringing the casket in the church for the, for the wake, other than that. But between now and the, um, the 29th illumination, we will. Um, we will be lighting, you know, candles and stuff like that. And we hope, our plan is to have those names on the website. I hope people will go and pick yeah. the name. Someone told me today that I will not be able to get people to go and select names. And I'm saying, oh, yes, I will. Oh, yeah. If I have to go Absolutely. and pick them all myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've, you know, been kept abreast of everything as it's been happening a right. little bit. And there's some amazing sort of wonderful connections and serendipities and I always think of it in a way as divine intervention. Yeah. Can you tell us the story about um, the anti-lynching poems and plays and especially Strange Fruit? Yeah. From 1890 to mm -hmm. 1940 there was a period of time when blacks were writing anti-lynching plays and um, there was poems being written and the plays, and these plays and poems were trying to counteract the, the barbaric and, you know, um, terroristic acts that was being mm -hmm. opposed, you know, um, yeah. put against the African American. So some of those plays have been, people are doing them in different parts of the country. The poems, are, some were written by Langston Hughes and some mm. were written by Richard Wright, something that I did not know until wow. about six weeks ago. The most famous poem was written by Abel Maripol. Yeah. That's spelled M-E-E-R-O-P-O-L. Yeah. And I hope I'm pronouncing it right. And um, I just 
am amazed about this person. He has seen, you know, they did photographs when they had this big time lynching with 15, 20,000 people come to see this festival. Um, he saw one of those photographs and he wrote the poem Strange Fruit. Yeah. And he took it to Billie Holiday and she sang that song. Mm -hmm. So Strange Fruit is supposedly the most famous poem ever written. It's downloaded every day, hundreds of thousands of wow. times. Mm -hmm. Because he wrote that poem, he had to go before Congress because they felt that they were putting the United States in a bad light. This was during the McCarthy era. Right. Communism. So communism. And is around, he wrote it in 1937. Mm -hmm. And Billie Holiday sang it. Someone else sang it before Billie Holiday. And that person told Congress that he would never sing it again. So she sang it, and she was penalized for doing that. OK, so bring it fast forward to the present. Yes. Abel Mirpole was the adopted father yes. of? Robert Mirpole, yeah. who lives in this area. Yes. So I've had the opportunity to meet with him. And, and he, what is special about Robert and his brother? Well, they were adopted by the Mirpoles. Their mother and father was the Rosenbergs, right. who the only time in history where a couple has been executed, executed for, for being spies. Being spies. I met him. Oh, God, what's a beautiful. So this connection between Maripole and uh, the Rosenberg sons with um, W.E. Du Bois. They right. met him at W.E. Du Bois' home. Yeah. And he's agreed to read his father's poem right. at for Ashes, 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 which is, I think, me amazing. And I, I also just think that there's a connection. Okay, so uh, the father of these boys apparently was some sort of a spy, but the mother was unjustly executed. And I, it's not exactly the same as lynching, but there's, it's, of it's course, the, this. When a mob, I, you know, yeah. debate about what the definition of lynching is, yeah. but it's a mob that right. takes. Uh, justice in their own hand. Right. So that makes it a lynching. You know, there's this debate that uh, Emmett Till was not lynched. But mm -hmm. if you take by that definition that a mob yeah. served justice, he was lynched. Yeah. Okay, so we just have a couple more minutes, and I would love to know what is going to happen next in this show. And, uh, well, we're you know, I have... said from 1890 to um, 1940, these lynching plays, we're going to read some of those. We're going to do one of the plays okay. called Safe. And this is by Georgia Douglas Johnson. Okay. She was born in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, <laughs> great. She died in 1966. To read this woman history, she was amazing. The huh. poetry that she wrote and the plays that she wrote. Very, very amazing. Okay, so, so we'll we have the plays. play. We're gonna do some of the That's going to be in part two. Right. And we're also going to hear some of your original poetry. Right. And also another woman who is a student at UMass. Yes. She has written Destiny. a poem, Destiny. Yeah. And lastly, uh, is that, I think that's pretty much what's happening. Yeah. Um, it's, I've, I've written three uh, short vignettes, poems, yeah. whatever you want to call those. I will read two, Lavinette, um, Burnett will read one of mine, Good. and then Des, um, Destiny is going to read one that she wrote in um, like five minutes. She just take me a week to come up with something. Wow. I had to ruminate in my head, but she 
brilliant. And the and other, beautiful. yeah, oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Um, the other thing too, that this will be just a sampling of these poems and the plays. They are also on this website, and right. we're going to let people know how to how to they can contact go to the website and download Ashes these. to Ashes Forever com. You got it. Yeah. Ashes, the number two, two Ashes, yeah. the number four, E-B-E-R.com. Go to the site. You can download some of the plays. Yeah. And what they did in, in the 1940s and 30s, 20s, they invited people in their homes, churches. Mm. It, it wasn't no big theater production. Sure. And so with Just that, that player, that's what we're going to do today. Okay. So that sounds homegrown. good. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much. But thank you. It's always so much fun. Yeah. The Stained Robe by Dr. Shirley Jackson Whitaker. She walked slowly to the old house with piles of clothes already on the porch awaiting her arrival. She had walked this path for over 15 years, but not with the burden she was carrying this day. Beulah May, Carl Henry left some more stuff in the outhouse. He was out real late last night, said Miss Sarah. Yes, ma'am, I'll get it, Miss Beulah May replied. When she opened the outhouse door, the stench of the outhouse could not match the pain she felt when she saw the blood-stained robe. Seeing the robe, she fell in the outhouse doorway, unable to move. Tears began to stream down her face. She could not believe what was before her. She was looking at the blood which was all that remained of the man that had performed her marriage, had christened all of her babies, and had baptized her son two weeks ago. My Lord, my Lord, she cried, with her outstretched hands toward the heavens. Please, my Lord, must I bear this cross? Must I wash the robe of the man that murdered my minister? Jesus Loves Me by Dr. Shirley Jackson Whitaker. I was an educated Mohouse man with progressive business ideas. I encouraged black folks to be self-reliant. This presented a problem for the local Klansmen, and their goal was to bring this to an abrupt end. They came at night and dragged me out of my home in front of my wife and children to an empty field. They had the hanging rope already over a large poplar branch and an old tree stump underneath awaiting my arrival. With sweat beating on my brow, I could feel my heart pumping as if it was trying to burst through my chest. I knew what was so readily evident, that my life would end under a beautiful crescent moon. As I glanced around, there seemed to be a hundred white-robed clansmen on horses in a circle. They laughed between relentless shouting, coon, heathen, monkey. I began to try to close my ears to the loud, deafening sounds. I decided to refuse to let the last words that I would hear be nigger, never nigger, never, ever nigger. Somehow the sound was slowly muffled. I began to hear the first song my mother had taught me. Her sweet, soft voice seemed to come out of nowhere, 
to engulf my ears, and her pleasant tune shielded my ears from their degrading words. Jesus loves me, this I know. I felt the rope uniting my weak flaring legs with a tight snap as it now touched the top of the old dead tree stump. For the Bible tells me so. As it held me steady on the stump, my arms were now touching the bottom of my back with a tight, unyielding rope that was cutting my wrist. My hands were slowly becoming numb with warm blood slowly streaming down to my fingers. Little one through him belong. As the coarse, rough rope was now being lowered towards my neck, it scratched my cheeks and smudged the tears that was running slowly down my face. Then finally, it tightened and rested snugly around my upper neck and lower jaw. They are weak, but he is 